Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Feeling Free. I am your host, Ben Harris, and I'm so excited to be here. Today's conversation is with, with my good friend, Madeline, and we discuss conscious curiosity, how to be curious with consciousness. And I, this is such an important conversation because a lot of the time, spiritual healing work and all that fun stuff comes off so heavy and serious and when it can be fun and light too. And Madeline's story is really cool of how, you know, her, whatever you want to call it, spiritual awakening, her journey. And even with fear, fears played a big part in her life. And she realized a lot of that even during the conversation. And so it's really, she started a new brand, a new, a new business, a coaching service, and you will hear about that and why she did it. But I think it's beautiful and it's a bridge for people who are kind of turned off to spirituality. So I know we like to go deep in in this podcast and in this community. And I know this conversation will be a major benefit to you. But it also will be good for you to send this to people who may not be as deep or as serious as you are in the work. So for people who are just kind of dipping their toe in and they're looking for the bridge of, okay, like I'm interested in this, but all this woo-ness seems too much for me. So Madeline, she is that bridge for those people into um, spirituality, into the healing world. And so I'll let you hear it straight from her and vibe with her in this convo. Thank you so much for being here. If you feel the call, please make sure you subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, uh, leave a review on Apple, leave a review because you resonate with this episode. You feel at home and happy in this conversation, not just because I tell you to, but because you feel the call to and you want to spread that message. So other people like you looking for the tools and truth that they already have inside of them. And all they need to do is remember, uh, leave a review or share it with a friend. I've been getting a lot more people saying that friends are sharing it with them. So thank you. I appreciate that. And if you love the podcast and feel called to support in a monetary fashion, like a donation, that link is in the description for the PayPal link if you want to donate in that way. And thank you so much. I appreciate you for doing that in advance. And we also have a few more spots for our retreats, our retreat in Sedona. So if you're hearing this and you're like, woo, baby, get me in, get me into Sedona with some amazing people, building community with these people, diving into fear, remembering your truth. We also have a massage therapist on site. So in addition to the emotional, spiritual, energetic work, it's important that we work those things out in our body, like our actual physical body. So that's why we're bringing an amazing uh, massage therapist. So thank you so much for being here. And now without further ado, here come Madeline and myself. Let's go. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. All right, Madeline, we're here. How are you feeling? feeling great <laughs> nervous but great nervous right and I love how um you're just calling it out so we just took a deep breath this is your first podcast so welcome first ever thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I'm excited to pe for people to meet you get to know you for a couple different reasons um but why I think like, we know each other but I reached out because of your new venture so let's start just by introducing 
your new adventure and project that you're going on and then we'll go from there sure um <clears throat> i recently launched a new project called conscious curious um which was actually a name that your last podcast guest mm -hmm. emma came up with mm -hmm. um it's been something that I feel like has been kind of ruminating inside me for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of like a surprise birth that I didn't know was going to mm -hmm. happen when it did. Um, the idea behind Conscious Curious is that for a lot of people, I think that spirituality and even mindfulness and consciousness can be something that's a little bit scary and a mm -hmm. little bit hard to wrap your head around. I think that for a lot of people, the idea of becoming a more conscious person, um, the language can be really scary and confusing. Um, sometimes in these types of communities, it can feel really clicky. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's, there's some barriers to entry that keep people from from wanting to dive farther in, even though they feel that call inside of them of like, mm. I know that there's something more, um, but it's it's a little too far out of reach to be able to, to get there. And I think that my kind of magic sauce is that I can be a really good bridge for um, what I call the normie world mm -hmm. <laughs> into a more spiritual world of, you know, really getting to know yourself and coming back to what you already know, but you don't even, you can't get in touch with it super well. Um, and so I think there's a really big space for Conscious Curious to bring some people into a, onto a path um, that's, that's not scary and that, you know, is full of play and doesn't need mm. to be so serious and deep and scary. <laughs> cool. I love that. So this is beautiful. So um, I know and I've already told you this, but I know people are going to connect with this so much. Um, and isn't it something when you're curious about your sexuality, isn't it called like bi curious or something like that? Yeah. Right. Like, something, something like that. Like that. <laughs> so that's, so uh, that's where my mind initially went, but it's so cool. Cause yeah, like conscious, curious, like you're curious about this world. Right. But it seems like you said, scary, serious, um, daunting, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, seriously, I think it's so awesome. And so, for you, when was the first moment that you got curious about consciousness or spirituality or any of this type of war from nor when, what was your transition? The normie world. The n from normie <laughs> to spiritual, I, yes. I suppose. <laughs> My path has been, I suppose, kind of a long time coming. And when I was in high school, I feel like I was maybe one of the only people that I knew that like dabbled in a yoga class every once in a while mm. and you're and from boston from boston mm -hmm. i went to this yoga studio called the blissful monkey um and at that point i don't think that it was like a spiritual call i think it was more of a um you know i was an athlete mm -hmm. not a very good athlete but an athlete <laughs> in uh -huh. high school and you know trying to find something else that could complement that um and after college i traveled quite a bit I, um, I kind of started getting into like the self-help world, yep. reading a lot of self-help books that weren't necessarily spiritual, but getting more in touch with 
who am I? What do I want? Everyone has that idea of like, oh, I want to travel and go find myself. Mm -hmm. But there's so much truth to that of especially young people. And, you know, from the lens that I look at it a lot through young women, um, that it's so hard for all of us to try and figure any of that out, especially when you're surrounded by maybe your high school or college friends, your young 20s friends, where that's not popular. And so I always kind of felt like, okay, I'll do this on my own a little bit Mm -hmm. and I'll kind of dabble in self-help and yoga and meditation. I ended up doing a 300, no, 200 hour yoga teacher training in India. Oh, that's dope. Which for me was like the real awakening of, oh, there's so much more to this than like the physicality of yoga. And we spent, I don't even know, so many of our 200 hours sitting in meditation and that Mm. to me was so hard Mm. like i could do i could do yoga all day but waking up in the morning and meditating for an hour was so difficult Mm -hmm. and that brought so much light to me of why that's important um following that i started working at on it which is yes supplements and workouts and all of that more intense stuff, but it also has this, this, you know, human optimization path, um, that, that got me into the world of, you know, just farther down the path of spirituality. Then I started working for Aubrey Marcus, Mm -hmm. started working for fit for service and I do all of the events, um, for fit for service. And so it's really just been, I don't feel like I've ever tried to find the path. It's just been like turn by turn by turn, how this is like helping me awaken to to what I really want to do and it's been beautiful it's all turned out Mm -hmm. so fantastically (laughs) was there a moment that you were so when you talk about like scary what was scary for you for me I think a lot of the fear comes from I as a as a child and a young person my whole you know what I believed about myself was that I was super strong, not very emotional, um, could like brave in a lot of senses of like, I could just walk into a new group of kids or, um, I've traveled on my own and I've, you know, there's not a lot of, um, in my family growing up, there was a lot of praise for you're so brave, you're so non-emotional. And so Mm. stepping into a spiritual path, it's like, okay, so now I have to be vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's scary. That's super scary. But that's also where, like, any of the growth that I've experienced has been at the brink of that and beyond that. That's cool. Do you have one of those, like, a moment? What's popping up in your mind right now? Like, one of those first moments, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm... I mean, there's so many. Uh Like, sitting, sitting with my team... Um, on the fit for service team, sitting with all of them in meetings, mm-hmm. any meeting for the last three years, it turn it always turns to some sort of, you know, emotional share <laughs> that for me yeah. is really scary because I think to myself, okay, this is my job. Mm-hmm. How can I also be vulnerable and emotional and share something that feels beyond the professional realm? Mm. And truly that happens like every week in meetings. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> but 
and I feel like there's like a balance to that too, right? Of which I imagine you probably provide a lot of that too. I imagine like in that group though, because it's, I, I feel like it is important where it's like to be both and that's what you're venturing in. Like it's okay to be quote unquote a normie and also like in this world, it's not like one or the other. It's not like if you dive in this world that you're like levitating above the earth no. and thinking that you're better than everyone or anything like that. It's still human. Right. Um, so it seems so gradual for you. Was there anything from family? Cause you mentioned family or friends. Was there anything that they, I know you mentioned a few things about family and friends. Are they like supportive? Are they curious about it or what has been the experience evolving with them? It's so interesting because I feel like from lots of friends that I've spoken to about this kind of thing, friends that are in my more spiritual community, mm-hmm. I think we all don't give our family and friends enough credit cool. of like what they're able to accept, you know? Mm. I think my my father is like born and raised in Ireland. He's definitely... he's he's super open-minded, but like he mm-hmm. was raised in a super different way. Yeah. And I've always thought, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to overload him with my m- meditation and yoga mm-hmm. and my like inspirational quotes when mm-hmm. I go home for Christmas. But, um, I think we really don't give people enough credit because the more that I have stepped into, um, what I feel like really is my truth. Mm-hmm it has number one become impossible for me to not share that. Mm. And number two, people have been so receptive. I think my family, like specifically my immediate family in the beginning were like, okay, it's all a little out there. Woo Mm -hmm. woo. But I think that the real test comes when I have been able to be in true embodiment of what I'm learning mm. and how I'm growing. It's kind of impossible impossible for people to look at that and say, no, I don't think that's true. Mm. You know, like in the last few years and, you know, my, my brother has said this, my mom has said this of, you've definitely changed. Mm-hmm. Like there's something good going on here. Cool. And... So I think for anyone listening that they're, you know, it feels scary to share with your family and friends who feel, who you feel like are not necessarily on that path. Um, I think you should give them a little more credit for what they can handle. Mm. Um, And it's also their, it's their stuff if they don't want to accept that. And I think that the best way to do it is through just like being a true embodiment of what you are learning and becoming instead of trying to tell them just be mm-hmm. and that has been really helpful for me oh i mean there's so many good things in there i like how because yeah it's almost like we do have some we talk about so much about like the fear of what other people think and people pleasing and being rejected and abandoned and all these things scary things right like they're real but i like how that share of like give them more credit because in my experience in advising or people whatever is like i remember someone like a client was literally like terrified, actually quite a few people. But one example was terrified of telling their parents like this big truth of like 
their whole life was like a lie from what they knew and then and they didn't tell them for like years and then they told them exactly with you they're like so supportive they're actually almost like why didn't you tell us for so long like you've been in you've been sad and like hurting for that long so of course not everyone's going to receive it that way um but yeah i think that's beautiful to like give them more credit and even imagine like how they could accept it and i think part of it is also revealing about you because what you mentioned about being instead of like trying to force it or tell them to do it and i feel like that's when people accept it more when it's because a lot of the time we approach by telling these people when it's still when we're still not like free from it when we're still very fearful of being accepted but it's now you reach a piece of what you said of like embodiment and where you're just being it and you still do it of course but it's just now so like natural and it is you and they notice you and it's it's not forceful it's just easy yeah I think that I mean we see this in in people all the time that I think a lot of that like almost like salesmanship mm-hmm. of whatever you're trying to do. I yes. feel like a lot of times we see that more with people who don't truly believe it themselves yet. Yes. It's like, <laughs> oh, I really, really, really mm-hmm. want to convince you of this because I also really, really, really want to convince myself of this. Ooh, I love that. And so I think the more comfortable that you get with who you are and who you're becoming, that salesmanship kind of falls away a little. And it's just easier for everyone to accept. Mm-hmm. Like no one wants to be sold to. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah, no, I love that point. And that's something that I've even <clears throat> dealt with with myself. And now I see it clearly, of course, because that's just the natural being of things with other specifically like in this world of like coaches or healers or guides or gurus or whatever. Is that like it's we're almost trying yeah it's a whole di- other thing but we try and convince people that it's like you need us or like this is why you need because it's sales it's like that's what we're told to do is like tell people why they need you but then we get caught in this loop but that's a whole other thing and people that people that need you mm-hmm. they will see for themselves that they need you yes of course in coaching and in mm-hmm. anything that we're doing there's an element of sales like yeah a lot of us are coaches in order like that's a that's your life that's your mm-hmm. business <clears throat> but I think the authenticity of it skyrockets when you realize that the people who need you <clears throat> will come to you themselves mm-hmm. when they see that you are truly being the person that they need instead of telling that. them that you're the person that they yes need. and people know and it's happening even quickly now like over the past year I felt and it could just be me but I feel like it's happening with more like people can see through the bullshit like and they may not be totally. able to we see gotta it give people more credit but they feel <laughs> they feel it like they really do know like everyone has that knowing um man you said something else that I missed but um what was how was like your childhood and even back I like this notion of like giving ourselves parents childhood more credit because a lot of the time we do like shit on our childhood you know how did your how did that benefit you though of being raised like these stories or these beliefs that you've created about you know you were incentivized for like being strong which isn't a bad thing like that's really cool you know like your parents most likely thought that was like a positive thing 
which it is, you know, to like positive encouragement. So how did that quote unquote story that didn't serve you also serve you at the same time? Yeah, I love a childhood trauma question, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Uh Um, No, my my childhood was beautiful, honestly. Mm -hmm. And the story that I have um, that I was praised for being like a little black hearted child that didn't have a lot of emotion. So was it really like they said, like, like, Hey, you don't have emotion or like what? What's I mean, like it, it ended up being sort of a joke in uh, the family. Of, so it was definitely recurring for sure. And that, you know, that played out in, um, relationships when I was a teenager, yeah. um, relationships even now mm-hmm. that less so for sure. Um, but I think a lot of that was so beneficial to me because I have been able to, I, it's impossible to say what life would be like if that weren't the case. So it's hard, but I don't think that I would have been able to do half the things that I've done if I didn't have somewhat of a story that like I could overcome any emotion. I could be brave in any situation. I could, you know, take on anything in a confident way so for that I'm very grateful and also if that weren't the case I wouldn't you know really everything happens for a reason I wouldn't be on the path that I'm on now if that Mm -hmm. weren't the case and that's true for every little decision every little everything in your life but um I think that it's made me incredibly driven and personable and you know I've made so many connections in my life just by being you know that quote-unquote brave person Mm -hmm. um I've gotten you know when I applied to work at on it I just like annoyed enough people for enough (laughs) amount of time Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it worked out for me so yeah I think it's a blessing Mm -hmm. there's nothing there's nothing that I would change about it I think you know our parents are also it's so interesting to think about when we all realize that our parents are just humans yeah, and that, you know, this work that we're all doing, people of our age, people in their twenties, thirties, even forties. It's so interesting that our parents really didn't have that. Mm-mm. Surely it was happening, but there's a movement now and I'm also living in a vacuum yeah. in this kind of world but, but most people listening are also most of are us in a are listening in a vacuum welcome to the vacuum <laughs> but you know our parents didn't have the the opportunity to be as open and to talk about emotions the way that we do and to you know have the kind of literature that we have there is of course some but it's just different and so when we can look at our parents and the way that we were raised and give them a little bit of grace mm-hmm. for just not knowing all of the things all the time it's like okay you can forgive you can forgive a lot mm-hmm. of course you want to you know now my relationship with my mom specifically like we have fantastic conversations, cool. like deep, wonderful conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, why we are the way we are. And that is like super healing. Mm-hmm. 
So with you, I mean, you've had so many different, again, like perfect roles. And I love how you just bring about like, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's this whole thing of like healing, but also like you've never needed to be healed, but it's like exactly what you needed to do. And like, none of it is bad. It's all happening perfectly. And like what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. So with your roles of, you know, at on it and now what is in like this new project like you get such you get an up close view but also a wide view it's you have a different perspective that a lot of people i feel like even within it you're close enough but still far away that you get to people aren't being like fake to you yeah i get the micro and the macro yeah for sure. which is which is very helpful so how has that just shaped or what are some things that you've seen in you know fit for serve fit for service like the mastermind these retreats these summits what are common threads when people come into this set come into this setting of their hesitation or apprehension or so we're we're just entering the third year of fit for service so i feel like i've had a good amount of data collection time (laughs) and something that I see so much that's really really beautiful about a community like fit for service or Mm -hmm. you know any number of communities that y'all may know or that Ben and I are a part of Mm -hmm. is that people are lit up by being in community with people who understand them Mm. Like there's really nothing better than coming into a space, a physical space with people who, you know, you can just dive into some weird ass shit with. (laughs) You can talk about childhood trauma and you can talk about sex and relationships Mm -hmm. and you can talk like there's just something so free about the nature of coming into community with people who understand you and who have a really, really open mind. Something that I see um, specifically in the events work that I do is I think there is some there's some hesitation not hesitation. So I think in spiritual work, there's a focus on this like deep self work. Mm-hmm. It's so deep. You're going to go through your dark night of the soul. Yeah, uh-huh. You're going to suffer. You're going to do it alone. You're going to meditate every morning at 5 a.m. for an hour. <laughs> you're going to read every day for yeah. two hours. You're like, uh-huh. it's so, there's so much pressure to grow, 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 grow. And it can be really heavy. And people can get, really really caught up in some in some deep work and they forget that the point of all of it is to find joy and peace and contentment Mm. and relationships and that being the end goal should we not also include play Mm -hmm. and fun and lightness in any of that work And I think that's part of, you know, why Conscious Curious was born is that when people get so deep in it and they forget the play, it starts to be really, you know, unbearable. 
That's what happened to me for sure. I think that's happened to all of us at some point in the journey. And it's not to say that, you know, life doesn't have seasons of doing that Mm -hmm. work in a really deep way. Um, But if you close yourself off from the lightness of it and you lose sight of the end goal, which is happiness, really, Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that would say that the end goal of their deep work is not happiness. Mm -hmm. Then you're just so lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love about Fit for Service and some of the other communities I'm involved with and just our friend group Mm -hmm. is that community is what really brings you out of that, you know, to be doing all this deep work alone. Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) But do deep work with community. Mm -hmm. Wow. Fulfilling, Mm -hmm. joyful, playful, fun. And you can still do that together, but at least you have a group to come back to who can like hold you when you're sobbing or Mm -hmm. laugh with you when you're laughing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just, I've, I've never been so confident and like, wow, I'm a hundred percent right about this. The community, finding Mm -hmm. a community (laughs) is 100% the way to combat all the anxiety, all of the pressure, all of the heaviness of deep spiritual work. Mm, That's dope. How has, what have you personally learned through these events, through these experiences, meeting all these people, attendees, teachers, all the things, experts, what is some, just doesn't have to be the biggest thing, but just what's one thing that's stick, that's you're remembering right now about something that you have been surprised about? And maybe you just said it right, like the biggest thing is community. But what is something that you've been surprised about of learning from these experiences? I mean, personally, I feel like one of the things that I'm dealing with right now Mm -hmm. is this like sense of imposter syndrome. Ah, yes. So strong. It's such a tricky (laughs) little bitch. It really is. Um. And the crazy thing is, as close as I am to some of the you know, coaches and mentors and really beautiful teachers that I've come into contact with in my work, mm-hmm. everyone feels that. Yeah. Everyone, all yep. the time. Yep. Not all the time, but like everyone at some point yeah. feels that sense of like, why would people listen to me? Why? What do I have to offer that everyone else doesn't already offer? Mm-hmm. And it's been a really beautiful teacher for me to come into these spaces with people who I really admire and get and myself be vulnerable enough to get to know them enough that I can also share in that sense of vulnerability and oh my god why me how Mm. scary but then also seeing them step so confidently into their power and do what they know that they're meant to do, even though they're terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, how cool. What a great place to be that I get to see these people do that and then follow in their footsteps of, okay, I just have to try. I just have to start. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's one thing I've learned. And I get reminded about that over and over and over, like through this podcast or different experiences. Like, honestly, some of the most successful people that we see and know are actually driven by fear whether they know it or not of and like their confidence right is even though 
like what we talked about before of like trying to prove and say like, look, I'm still trying to prove it to myself. That's, it's not good or bad. It's just like how you mentioned your childhood or part of this dark night of the soul to go through that and to realize that there can be more joy. It's like, there's no like good or bad. It's just part of your process and it's all happening as it should. Like, do you know who Peter Crone is? Mm -hmm. Right. He says, what is it? It's like, it happened the way it happened and it couldn't have happened or it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't something like that. Like there's literally, if that's no not way. the way it was said. I like that way. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just like very, like just logical. I've just like, there's literally no other way it could happen. I guess there's like alternate universes, but current- right, that's a different podcast. <laughs> we'll get on another time and talk mm-hmm. about alternate universes. Yeah. That's cool. What? Um, yeah. Like, cause with, the teachers and everything what is I mean you could just speak to just like for people who are curious because I feel like people who who are listening to this they're definitely more than curious like they're already in it but I think is this can be like a nudge that they can send to people I'm actually okay here we go here's my question (laughs) for men specifically because women are technically more open um that's not for every single woman, right? Yeah. But culturally, n- yeah, that's cu- what we've culturally. kind of decided. Um, even if you look at like certain studies, it's, and literally just how the energy works is just women are generally speaking more open, even if you're technically not, you're still more open than you think. Um, but so with men, I feel like there's that bridge. That bridge is really important that you talk about of these people seem weird you know, or like probably if they're looking inside out at us, right. They're doing ecstatic dance. They're wearing fanny packs. They wear weird things. They talk. Fanny pack (laughs) is incredibly useful. (laughs) So don't, don't hate on the fanny pack. It's good. Right. And we're just like, they do or potentially different, just like relationship choices or there's just so many things that it's like not quote unquote normal. And I think for men specifically, that bri- that bridge is exceptionally important. So in the men with, whether it's, you know, the coaches, leaders, or the people coming, what have you seen been important for men or surprising or just something in that arena of the bridge for men who maybe someone is sending this to a man or if a man's listening to this, um, what what is important in that area? I think that one of the things that comes up for me as a woman Mm -hmm. is I have been allowed by the men in my life Mm -hmm. to grow the way that I've grown and to embrace my softness and my emotional body and my Mm -hmm. femininity. And I've been allowed that by men who are able to take that masculine role and be this like really beautiful masculine space holder for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure that there's an opposite way that that works where if you're a woman with a man in your life who, you know, whether it's a partner or a family member or a friend, if, if that man in your life is having a hard time, you know, stepping into his power 
you can be the person to, you know, embrace your softness and ask him for that as well Mm. to allow him to be a like masculine protector, Mm -hmm. but not in a, not in a, you know, the toxic masculinity way of like, I'm just going to go out and make the money and come home and sleep with the women, you know? (laughs) But I think there's, there's a beautiful opportunity for women to allow their men to be emotional and not judge them for that. Because the reason that men, at least for me, the reason that I feel like that men can't step into that really easily mm-hmm. and have a har- really hard time being able to like share and express is because even the women in their lives, you know, degrade them for having those feelings mm-hmm. and for... Even in subtle and unconscious ways. Totally. Yeah. It's not... Oh, it, I don't think it is malicious in most instances, mm-hmm. but... You know, if you are a woman who is dating a man who has never cried in front of you, is it because he doesn't feel like he's going to be received well? Who knows? Mm. Ask him, maybe. But like, I do feel like there's a there's a way that women can hold men that is usually the opposite way around. Mm. Um, that feels really important. And in Fit for Service, what I've seen so much of is men's groups. The men's group in Fit for Service is thriving. Mm -hmm. And it's men talking to men about hard shit. Mm. And the women do it too, but that feels more natural. And the men doing it, I've never been on a men's call. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd kind of like to be a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's so transformative for men to be able to get together with other men Mm -hmm. and to be given the space to open up and also to receive men are not great at receiving Mm -hmm. in most senses. (laughs) And so I think, you know, whether, whether men can find a men's group or just connect with the women in their lives and to be really held in that way, I think is really important. Um, I would love to kind of dive a little deeper on seeing what the men in my life are doing with their men's work because mm. I know a lot of people who are doing it and I just don't tend to ask because mm-hmm. I'm not one but it's interesting <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah I, yeah it's it's important and yeah just to like have that the bridge for every person so for you like I'm trying to understand so like people's what would you say is like w- one or two top like hesitations of why someone who's curious doesn't dive in dive into the work what's something that you really want to like address with people first thing that comes up to me up for me is fear of what people will think cool that's i think number one Mm. and number two is i feel really comfortable not changing Mm. you know like it's so easy to just stay the way you are and to just do your routine the way that you do it Mm -hmm. But like, when have you ever done a new thing and said to yourself, wow, I'm really upset that I did that. Mm-hmm. Like, what a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think people just get really complacent. We have so much else going on in the world. Like, we're sitting here on the couch 
there's cars going by there's sirens yeah. people are people are go 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 all the time and to be able to carve out space for something that you're just a little curious about is hard because mm. if it's not a 100% oh my gosh I must do that right now it's really hard to convince yourself okay let me get rid of this one thing that I used to do in my life for this thing that I'm not really sure yet about you know mm. and I think it's really just the being able to tune into your intuition which is another thing that people are really conditioned to not listen to mm -hmm. from the day we're born maybe not from <laughs> the time we're three probably <laughs> and have like some yeah. sort of conscious awareness mm -hmm. we're conditioned to not listen to our intuition yeah. and then we don't even believe our intuition when we feel like maybe it's there mm -hmm. i for so many years would feel something and my mind would convince me that that's that intuition was wrong just because you think you was it just like lot you were incurate you were encouraged to be logical or what for sure encouraged to be logical um i think for women specifically we are magical human beings mm -hmm. I, everyone is but yeah like women like women's intuition like you think about it's like moms and what they know without even they don't even have to be taught <laughs> anything yeah they just have women have an intuition that is unparalleled that mm -hmm. is also not well understood by men or well understood by other women mm -hmm. who haven't started to tap into that and so it feels sometimes when you're at the beginning of this kind of journey that you're insane mm. and you say you know my intuition tells me and then you're like what is my intuition is it telling me who told me that did i tell me that like uh so like you felt like you felt crazy or weird a little bit and not in big ways but mm. in you know small things but training training yourself you can literally train yourself to start listening to your intuition and also sharing that and this is where community comes in mm -hmm. i think if you're just always by yourself doing this work and you're not sitting with friends and talking about you know if you just talk about the weather every time you see your friends <laughs> if you talk about real housewives i mean i love real housewives but mm -hmm. we can't talk about it every day and i think sitting in in community with people and having discussions like these you start to hear where other people are mm -hmm. learning to trust their intuition learning you know hearing their missteps and being able to use that to like kind of hone your internal compass and then starting to actually listen to it and act on it and see where you get you know i think once you start actually listening and turning up the volume a little bit mm -hmm. you'll be surprised at how loudly your intuition screams at you that's cool and again like everything we talk about and it's just really true again is always nuanced so how have you how is your conscious curiosity were you at what points were you skeptical because going back to the intuition right of like listening to it because there's benefit to like using logic but even i'm actually i recorded an episode recently about all the quote-unquote dumb decisions i've made like literally like people have told me ben do not do this like money and job things all that whatever 
and like it's worked out better than I could imagine. But like, so logic can only get you so far. And then, then it's just off a gut feeling. And fortunately, you know, I have a good relationship with that, but also being skeptical, right. Is there's a benefit to that too. Yeah. It's a survival mechanism. Skepticism <laughs> yeah. is good for sure. So how has that served you? I'm curious, like skepticism or just maybe questioning. Cause I think that's just part of curiosity though, is just being open and not taking every single thing, like going back to the intuition of like, what does this mean for me? Yeah. I think this is the perfect amalgamation of all the things we've talked about. Mm-hmm part of what I said earlier about, you know, who I was as a child and my ability to kind of step back and look at things really logically, that combined with my sort of newer version of myself Mm -hmm. that can turn everything else off and turn up the volume of my intuition, those two combined are like unstoppable for me. Yes. And I think it really, in the end, so I'll give an example. When I was working at Onnit, I was doing events there and um, Fit for Service was taking off. It was separating from the company and I was given the opportunity to go work for Aubrey Marcus and Fit mm-hmm. for Service or stay doing events at Onnit. Logically, Onnit, you know, we had benefits I had health insurance <laughs> and a 401k and it was good and it was... You wouldn't have that with Aubrey, the person and the company? So the other option was to okay. go with Aubrey uh, yeah. um, and, you know, it's basically a startup all over again. Mm, yeah. It's a really small team. We didn't know what was going to happen with Fit for Service. Sure, it could do fantastically or it could, you know, kick the bucket in mm-hmm. six months. Um And it was just really uncertain. And so, you know, my logical mind Mm. back and forth about, you know, financially, what's a good idea and what's a good idea for my future. Yes, on it had me on a trajectory where I could get promoted and promoted and succeed in, you know, five, seven, ten years. Who knows? But the other opportunity that just never felt wrong was to take the leap and do that instead. Cool. And my logical mind was saying, no, that's insane. You have no security. No security isn't exaggeration, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen here. And it really came down to the fact that I knew deep in my gut that the right thing was to just do the damn thing and just jump off the cliff and see what happened. And in a year, I have grown more in that role than I can imagine myself growing if I hadn't. Mm -hmm. I just would have put me on a different path, you know? Like, really, I wouldn't have known the difference had I taken the other. Yeah. I just wouldn't have known, but... I think you would have been wondering, though. I totally... Because you would have been been watching it. You would have been watching it. 100%. And, you know, it's really just that that seesaw in your your mind versus your gut mm-hmm. of like what's right usually it's your gut yeah and i love because it's ultimately now for me it's like they've combined into one meaning yeah. it's almost 
because I've practiced it so much, it's like you're one single human. Wow. <laughs> like, like it is, it's it is illogical for me to not do what my gut says. Same is what I mean, right? Is because it's wow, like yeah, that's cool. So it's like this has proven right again and again and again and again. So it's stupid for me to not trust it. Yeah, you're collecting data. Yeah, literally. On mm-hmm. and for me, that's exciting. I love. I mean, I don't love like data, data. I don't want to do data science, but like mm-hmm. I do love to collect that data over a period of time of, no, my, my gut's been right over and over again. So now logically mm-hmm. I can trust my gut. Yes. That was a good conclusion we came to. <laughs> I love it. What is something that you want people to know about this, this quote unquote work or this world that you yeah what is just something that you want them to know about it if they're on the outside looking in yeah I think that curiosity that pang of curiosity tells you everything you know Mm -hmm. it that's your intuition that's literally was about to say at the same time yes it is your intuition and the second you feel that curiosity for something, maybe you don't need to explore it right now, but it's probably not going to go away until you explore it. I think that there's so, it's like looking at, I don't want to say an iceberg because like the most of it is underneath. It's mm-hmm. like looking at a mountain and you're looking at the peak and then once you get to the peak, there's like a higher peak mm-hmm. and then you get to that peak and there's a higher peak behind it. Like you just have to keep being curious about stuff, mm-hmm. about anything. It's like that with spirituality, keep being curious about your partner, keep Ooh. being curious about not to get political, but like get curious about the government, get curious about anything because that's where your intuition is telling you, okay, left turn, right turn. You have an internal map. I really do believe that our, every human from our ancestors back, 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 way far back, we have been born with an internal map and then culture has taken it away from us and your intuition is the is the little internal compass that's remembering what that map is for you and i think it just takes you being able to tune into that and when it says left turn take a left turn mm. you know cuz and how i look at it too is is like if you make a left turn you don't like it you can just make a right turn yeah just go back yeah it's like you can always make a new decision totally yeah it's not like the end all be all like it's that's going to be your life forever if you don't like it what i'm curious with you personally what is something let's go like the homies homies what is something that they don't know about you oh my gosh what don't the homies know or (laughs) what do you wish that they knew about you or if they were here right here and like, man, I wish, like, I want to tell you this. It could be serious or silly or whatever. I could just tell them I'm coming for you guys, you know? <laughs> like, don't underestimate what's mm. coming. No, I mean, in all seriousness, I think I do have this, like, 
really unreasonable faith in myself. Oh, we could talk. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like, I believe really strongly that I can do literally whatever. And that is masked in a lot of fear for sure. Mm-hmm. Tons of it. But like fear of what? Fear of like probably everything, <laughs> you know, just a, just a generalized fear yeah. of the world and life mm-hmm. and people and success mm-hmm. and failure. Um, but I also know that I have overcome that time and time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it's not always successes. Maybe you're overcoming fear and then you fail still. But it's still a win. It's still a win in a mm-hmm. way. And it's gotten you you know, farther down the path. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of feel like the world is my oyster. Cool. I, I like that. Um, I, I sense, I feel the energy behind that <laughs> of, what, of what you mean. And I like the unreasonable faith. That's something that we have in common. Um, just like how, and part of it was my DNA, but Paul and, you know, the choices cultivated the practice and also part of like how I was raised um, of like literally pe- people telling me something like people told me I was special. So I believed it. And then I applied that to everything, which is great. Thanks to those people. Yeah. Right. And just like, is like, just like you, like an unreasonable faith just of like, here we go. Like, like really, but it goes back to like the intuition of like unreasonable and we could get deep into this, but I just want people to know is like you said culture, which is true. Like everything is nuanced, polarity, black and white. It's all the same, but different is even like the energy behind that. We've people mask logic in fear because it makes them feel safe. And it can also come from quote unquote controlling powers, wanting you to not embrace that. So they tell you to be logical. Even like what you said of like the 401k, like I'm going to get promoted every few years. It's like you can count on that, but you really can't, you know, like look at the pandemic. I mean, how many people got laid off and they thought they were safe. So we're really not safe. I mean, most people listening to this, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs all needs. Thank you for saying that. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and I was like the someone's hierarchy. Someone (laughs) made it anyway. Yeah, right. Like most of us listening have our needs met and wants and all those fun things. But yeah, like the energy, your powers to be, whatever you want to believe or in fears, spiritually lowest vibration and frequency. But it's also like fear. And I've been talking about this with a lot of my girlfriends lately. Mm-hmm. We, one of my newer close girlfriends, um, decided to get a bunch of girls together every Sunday cool. and talk about real stuff and not That's dope. not just hang out and drink margaritas, which I love. But <laughs> we were talking about, you know, the, the way that fear manifests in our life mm-hmm. is such a good guiding light of yes. what's the way to go. Like I was so afraid to launch car, car I don't even know the name. Conscious Curious. (laughs) I was so afraid of that. For whatever reason, there's a million. Mm -hmm. And I've been journaling on it quite a bit. But that was also the reason that I knew it was so right. 
to be so fearful of something tells you a lot mm-hmm. of like, okay, go in that direction. That's beautiful. And I appreciate you like, welcome to my life, to my world, <laughs> you know, of, yeah, it's, it's following the fear, like fear. I look at it as medicine. So that's once I had my realization of why I've been quote unquote good at fear is because I've used that. Yeah. Like as the med, like fear is my med, like I'm using it as my guide and my friend, like every single time, um, every single time in my life, like I've looked at it as like, Oh, that's the thing I need to do. And it's paid off every single time, like just weird ass stories and like fun. And, but yeah, it's like, that's exactly what you said. It's, it's that curiosity. It's that whisper. It is your intuition of, and almost that resistance of something so big and amazing. And the real you that you're remembering is that fear. And that's why you're also scared of it. And that's why it's also beautiful. It's, it's all the things. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else on your heart you feel called to share? I'll do a little plug for conscious curious. <laughs> yes. Please plug away. It is true that something I felt with, you know, launching this program is that so much of my community is in like spiritual college and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to kind of teach spiritual kindergarten. And this is a call to anyone listening that if you hear a whisper or if someone you know hears a whisper, um, it's not even a plug for me. It's a plug for you to start listening to that and to stay curious about it and to focus so deeply on being the embodiment of growth and of progress and of, you know, harnessing your fear and using it as a guide. Um, you know, there's so much light to be found on the path of that. Um, and I really think that staying consciously curious is the best way to mass change. Like, mm. I think that it's a really big thing to ask people to completely, quote unquote, wake up. I think that's a really big ask. People, you know, there's a lot of privilege involved too in being able to, you know, take part in retreats and Thousands events. Thousands of and dollars of things, yeah. Totally. And I, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah. But small steps of staying curious, listening to the whisper, doing that work on your own and finding a community that feels empowering and feels light and feels playful. Like, don't forget about that part. Um, I think that's really where we're going to see the most people making the most change in the world. So that's my little plug. Yeah, I love that. No, I'm seriously so excited for you because, and all the things, because not everyone, this is me, I don't want to do what you're doing. Meaning, (laughs) right? Like, I don't want to like, kindergarten isn't my thing like i want to be like yo come in the deep end you know like totally let's but how go. do they get to the deep end exactly right how and that's like this is so important and i just i back it fully like fully wholly wholeheartedly all the things like it's so needed and we don't have that bridge just like we've talked about the whole time as it is um and some people like i've 
will benefit from the dive in. But yeah, but it's, it's also, that's what's scaring people. And like, we need all approaches and yours is so it's yeah. So needed. I love it. And I'm also excited for you to kind of what you mentioned before about like how you said you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm excited for you to use that voice and like be you in the most you way, whatever that means. Yeah. That just feels very, very good. So I'm so excited for that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. All right. Now anything else? No, <laughs> that's it. That's the end for me. All right. Well, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And actually we have to do yeah, the podcasty things. Where can people follow you? They can follow me on Instagram at conscious dot curious. And that's it. That's all I got. Just the gram. Uh, just, just the gram but much more than just the gram, if you know what I mean. Much more. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, gang. Make sure you go follow Madeline on Instagram. Hit her up. Tell her that you loved this conversation. That would be super, super cool for you to reach out to her. Tell her that you appreciate her sending her message and what she's doing in the world. Um, Her Instagram is in the description. And I appreciate her coming and just being her in the most full, brave, courageous form. And thank you for being here. It shows a lot that you're here. Like really like for you to invest an hour of your time in this work shows a lot about you. So make sure you give yourself a pat on the back and like a legit one, like feel, feel the true gratitude for you. I am sure grateful for you. You're incredible. Like you really, really are. I appreciate you. And if you haven't subscribe, follow all the things so you never miss an episode. All right, y'all. I will see you soon.